Good evening, friends. Our readings for this evening are Psalm 35 and the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 16 through 26. I haven't done my disclaimer in a while, so I feel uh, kind of moved to do it. I'm just a regular person. I don't have any particular authority. Um, it's just my personal viewpoints and opinions, and I read the scripture through the glasses of the Holy Spirit, or at least I try to. And I'm not a priest, although someday I hope I am, I'm very early on in that process, um, or a theologian, except amateur. And uh, I don't have any credentials or initials after my name that mean that you should listen to what I have to say about scripture or theology any more than anyone else. I only speak from my own human experience and what I believe the Holy Spirit has revealed to me personally. So take it or leave it. Either one is fine with me. I'm happy that you're all here with me tonight, and I'm very, very thankful. For this community. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins so that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, make speed to save us. O God, make haste to help us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living creator in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, creator, incarnate, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life and to be glorified through all the worlds. Psalm 35. Contend, O God, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and rise up to help me. Draw the spear and javelin against my pursuers. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Let them be put to shame and dishonor who seek after my life. Let them be turned back and confounded who devise evil against me. Let them be like chaff before the wind, with the angel of God driving them on. Let their way be dark and slippery, with the angel of God pursuing them. For without cause they hid their net for me. Without cause they dug a pit for my life. Let ruin come on them unawares. 
and let the net that they hid ensnare them. Let them fall in it to their ruin. Then my soul shall rejoice in God, exulting in God's deliverance. All my bones shall say, O God, who is like you? You deliver the weak from those too strong for them, the weak and needy from those who despoil them. Malicious witnesses rise up. They ask me about things I do not know. They repay me evil for good. My soul is forlorn. But as for me, when they were sick, I wore sackcloth. I afflicted myself with fasting. I prayed with head bowed on my bosom, as though I grieved for a friend or a brother. I went about as one who laments for a mother, bowed down and in mourning. But at my stumbling they gathered in glee. They gathered together against me. Ruffians whom I did not know tore at me without ceasing. They impiously mocked more and more, gnashing at me with their teeth. How long, O God, will you look on? Rescue me from their ravages, my life from the lions, from the lions. Then I will thank you in the great congregation, in the mighty throng I will praise you. Do not let my treacherous enemies rejoice over me, or those who hate me without cause wink the eye, for they do not speak peace, but they conceive deceitful words against those who are quiet in the land. They open wide their mouths against me. They say, Aha, aha, our eyes have seen it. You have seen, O God, do not be silent. O God, do not be far from me. Wake up. Bestir yourself for my defense, for my cause, my God and my Lord. Vindicate me, O my God, according to your righteousness. And do not let them rejoice over me. Do not let them say to themselves, Aha, we have our heart's desire. Do not let them say, We have swallowed you up. Let all those who rejoice at my calamity be put to shame and confusion. Let those who exalt themselves against me be clothed with shame and dishonor. Let those who desire my vindication shout for joy, shout for joy and be glad and say evermore, great is God who delights in the welfare of God's servant. Then my tongue shall tell of your righteousness and of your praise all day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. My soul proclaims the greatness of God. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For God has looked with favor on God's lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. God has mercy on those who fear God in every generation. God has shown the strength of God's arm. God has scattered the proud in their conceit. God has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich God has sent away empty. God has come to the help of God's servant Israel, for God has remembered God's promise of mercy. 
the promise God made to our forebears, to Abraham and Sarai and their children forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of Jesus Christ, according to John, chapter 4, verses 16 through 26. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Creator neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Creator in spirit and truth. For the Creator seeks such as these to worship God. God is spirit, and those who worship Him, excuse me, God is spirit, and those who worship God must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. The Gospel of Jesus. Thanks be to you, gracious Christ. God, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen the Savior, whom you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I believe in God the Creator Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Word incarnate, the Word made flesh, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, who descended to the dead, who on the third day rose again and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Creator, who will come again to judge the living and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your sovereignty come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the queendom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Almighty God, whose beloved Redeemer, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world, grant that your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory that you, God, may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth, through Jesus Christ, who with you in the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen. Most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, so that our minds may be fixed on the doing of your will, and that we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness, through the mercies of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Be our light in the darkness, O God, and in your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of your word made flesh, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. O God, the life of all who live, the light of the faithful, the strength of those who labor, and the repose of the dead, we thank you for the blessings of the day that is past, and humbly ask for your protection through the coming night. Bring us in safety to the morning hours. Through the one who died and rose again for us, your word made flesh, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Gracious Christ, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way, kindle our hearts, and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Keep watch, dear God, with those who work or watch or weep this night. 
and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, gracious Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all for your love's sake. Amen. Before we talk about our readings today, I would like to talk about the ordination of Florence Lee Tim Oi. And I might be saying that wrong. Please forgive me. This is um, our commemoration for today. So give me a moment and I will bring up and read what, um, what she's all about. All right, this is from Holy Men, Holy Women, um, which is which is the text that goes along with the calendar for the commemoration of saints within the church. And if I'm getting some of that like verbiage incorrect, please forgive me. Named by her father, much beloved daughter, Lee Tim Oi was born in Hong Kong in 1907. When she was baptized as a student, she chose the name of Florence in honor of Florence Nightingale. Florence studied at Union Theological College in Guangzhou, again, forgive my pronunciation, Canton. In 1938, upon graduation, she served in a lay capacity, first in Kowloon and then in nearby Macau. In May of 1941, Florence was, ordained, Florence was ordained deaconess. Some months later, Hong Kong fell to Japanese invaders, and priests could not travel to Macau to celebrate the Eucharist. Despite this setback, Florence continued her ministry. Her work came to the attention of Bishop Ronald Hall of Hong Kong, who decided that God's work would reap better results if she had the proper title of priest. On January 25, 1944, the Feast of the Conversion of St. Paul, Bishop Hall ordained her priest, the first woman so ordained in the Anglican Communion. When World War II came to an end, Florence Lee Tim Oi's ordination was the subject of much controversy. She made the personal decision not to exercise her priesthood until it was acknowledged by the wider Anglican Communion. Undeterred, she continued to minister with great faithfulness and in 1947 was appointed rector of St. Barnabas Church in Hippu, where, on Bishop Hall's instructions, she was still to be called priest. 
When the communists came to power in China in 1949, Florence undertook theological studies in Beijing to further understand the implications of the three self movement, self rule, self support, and self propagation, which now determine the life of the churches. She then moved to Guangzhou to teach and serve at the Cathedral of Our Savior. However, for 16 years, from 1958 onwards, during the Cultural Revolution, all churches were closed. Florence was forced, was forced to work first on a farm and then in a factory. Accused of counter-revolutionary activity, she was required to undergo political re-education. Finally, in 1974, she was allowed to retire from her work in the factory. In 1979, the churches reopened and Florence resumed her public ministry. Then, two years later, she was allowed to visit family members living in Canada. While there, to her great joy, she was licensed as a priest in the Diocese of Montreal and later in the Diocese of Toronto, where she finally settled until her death on February 26, 1992. Gracious God, we thank you for calling Florence Lee Tim Oi, much beloved daughter, to be the first woman to exercise the office of a priest in our communion. By the grace of your spirit, inspire us to follow her example, serving your people with patience and happiness all our days, and witnessing in every circumstance to our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the same spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. So let's talk a little bit about the readings. Well, and let's pray thanks. Let's pray thanks for groundbreakers like Florence and also I think for her bishop. I mean, that's pretty amazing, the stance that he took and continued to take. And I really think that we need to acknowledge that in order for any disenfranchised and undervalued minority group to flourish and overcome, there needs to be support. So in order for women to flourish, men need to support it. And in order for brown people to flourish, white people need to support them. I really believe that this is true. And I also believe that, that it's our responsibility to lift up those who have been beaten down and devalued by our world, our culture, and our society. And so what I have to say about this is that may we all, God, be Bishop Halls to those Florences we encounter. Amen. So you guys might imagine that I really identified with our psalm tonight. This is one that really speaks to me because it's not particularly talking about I'm righteous so save me and they're unrighteous so destroy them. It's talking about 
God fighting on our behalf and basically the evildoers getting exactly what they had wished upon others, right? They wish my destruction, so give them the destruction that they wished upon me. And that all seems very apropos, right? Like that is poetic justice, that is karma, that is everything else. And particularly, um, I think I identify with verses 11 through 16. Malicious witnesses rise up. They ask me about things I do not know. They repay me evil for good. And it goes on to talk about like when you were in trouble, when you were hurting, you evildoers, I was there for you. Or I guess it's not addressed directly to them. When they, third person, right? When they were hurting, when they were in trouble, I grieved, I mourned, I had compassion and empathy. I was there. Like I mourned for them like family. And this is how they repay me. And I think those of us who are big-hearted, big-feelinged people, that can really happen to. We can really pour ourselves out helping someone and then get completely stabbed in the back, you know, or, or giving to them, however you want to say it. And man, that is, it is so hard. And I don't know about you guys, but it has happened to me often. So it's comforting to me to know that I am not alone. You know, this psalmist thousands of years ago felt this way too. And the psalmist's response, as is mine, was to give it up to God and to say, man, false witnesses are rising up and slandering against me. People that I poured out for are stabbing me in the back, seeking to destroy me. Rescue me, oh God. And I think that it's so important for us to see here that the response is not to go for retribution on our own behalf. The response is not redemptive violence by our hands. The response is not revenge. The response is crying out vehemently and passionately to God and asking God to fight for us. So yes, God. Your justice be done. Vindicate me, my God, according to your righteousness. Let all those who rejoice at my calamity be put to shame and confusion. Let those who exalt themselves against me be clothed with shame and dishonor. Let those who desire my vindication, though, shout for joy and be glad. Eventually, my friends, before the end comes, 
by the end. God's justice will be done. And evildoers who turn on others and seek their destruction will be destroyed themselves. And those who seek to love each other and lift each other up, we will be uplifted. When we love with God's love, God will be glorified through us. And when I say that evildoers will be destroyed, I don't mean the essence of that created being. I mean that which is evil and destructive and ugly in them will be destroyed. I think God destroys, for lack of a better way to put it, God destroys the ugly to raise up the human. This evilness that comes against us, God's got this. Hang on, friends. See it through. The evil spoken will be destroyed. God's righteousness will prevail. Persevere, friends, and you will see it. Amen. I pray God's protection and uplifting over all of us. I pray that the evil tongues and that the destruction sought will be torn away and destroyed and come to nothing. Amen. In our gospel reading, I know we kind of got into this a little bit yesterday and I tried not to be too much of a spoiler about it. But here we go. And oh, this is something important that I want to say about the husbands. Here's what my commentary has to say. Ancient Mediterranean women of whom, of course, the Sumerian woman was one, did not have control over marriage arrangements. The reason for multiple husbands is unexplained, but does not necessarily imply promiscuity. And it, I, have, I have seen and heard this passage interpreted as the woman is sinful. She is a simple, promiscuous woman with lots of husbands. And that's not the case. This would have been a situation that she was placed into, perhaps against her will. We don't really know the story, but this is not her shame to bear. That's our culture pouring shame on her. So let's just get rid of that right now. And I think that that the spirit might even be saying to us here when she responds to Jesus, I have no husband, that there is a deeper meaning to that. Because true union in Christ, in God's will, I believe is far more than a forced marriage or cohabitation because of the plight of women during that time and context, she was necessarily forced, the Sumerian woman was necessarily forced into a situation that was 
probably not of her own making, definitely not of her own making, not of her desire, but probably for her survival. So let's recognize that for a minute. And her response is not to be defensive, not to be ashamed, but to ask Jesus a theological question. I really wish that we could be there for this conversation, you know, during my time, um, some of my time in spiritual direction and doing the 19th annotation, my director had me do a lot of envisioning myself in the scriptures and really, I mean, down to like using all of my senses, put myself in the context. And so I think that'd be a great exercise with us folks. Like let's spend some time being present at the well, at Jacob's well, with Jesus and the Sumerian woman. Let's see and hear and smell and taste and really experience this moment. I think that would be fascinating. So I think it's really interesting here that this is the first place in scripture where Jesus announces himself as Messiah and he chooses to do it. He, ch he chooses to do it in this one-on-one -on -one situation with a Sumerian woman. Now, I don't know if there are others around, if they're listening. I, I don't think so. I've heard some interesting things like I've heard some theologians say that she was coming out at noon so that there wouldn't be anybody there because she was embarrassed about her situation. I don't really know about that. It doesn't really pass my gut check. I'd have to do more research really to get a better feeling on it or better understanding of it. But regardless, Jesus chose to bridge the gap between his culture and this woman's culture, because that's pretty much agreed upon by everybody of note reading the scriptures, you know, all theologians that the Jews and the Samaritans did not share space. And Jesus chooses to reach across that space, not just to a Samaritan, but to a woman Samaritan in a questionable situation And I don't mean questionable, I'm not going back on what I said about being ashamed and all that kind of stuff, but in terms of the parameters of how men and women were allowed to interact with each other, right?
and he revealed himself to her. And I think it's so important and connected that she questions him. She seeks to know more. She seeks understanding. And what he does is he drops this great epiphany on her. I think we would do well to delve into how we can be open for the revealing of Christ's epiphanies to us in this season. Amen. I know I've kind of left that open-ended and there's a lot more to be thought about. But I think that's the important part of discovery, right? We have to get curious and open and interested. So I hope that you are. I certainly am. And I'd be, again, as always, really interested to hear your perspective. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Redeemer, that when two or three are gathered together in the name of Christ, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.